So welcome back to Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a huge thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me and the adventurous lifestyle. If you guys need any gear for your next adventure, running, camping, climbing, hiking, you guys name it, these guys have it. So go to wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Also, a huge thank you to Free Brewing Co., organic preservative-free beer. You'll find them at Dan Murphy's and BWS. Big black can, silver letters that say free. Organic preservative-free beer. It's a no-brainer. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so you're about to meet Anton, a.k.a. the Barefoot Dutchman. This guy is doing something really incredible. He's setting a world record by walking barefoot from Cairns to Sydney to raise awareness for men's mental health. Now, this is something that really touched home for me as I've lost a few mates to this. And we really want to put the message across to have the courage to speak up if you need help. We all have our moments and like, fuck, I've had mine. And sometimes we just need a helping hand. It's just life, people. Now, I was lucky enough to spend the night camping with Anton, and I really got to know him. What an incredible human this guy is. So please, please find it in your heart to support him by going to thebarefootdutchman.com, and there's a button there where you can donate to men's mental health. Or follow him on Instagram, thebarefootdutchman.com. Okay, now this episode is part one. It's Anton's backstory. He's ex-military. He's already done a barefoot walk to Everest Base Camp. This guy is an incredible, incredible human. Enjoy. Alright, Anton, Anton. <laughs> Mate, stoked I could have a night, you know, like camping out with you on the side of the highway while you do your while you do your world record, you know, barefoot walk for men's mental health. But this whole thing, you know, and, and, and we'll go into it in the next episode about mental health, but this this whole thing, you know, started um, from you with your backstory. You know, and and from what I know is, you know, you're ex-army, ex-military. You've done a huge barefoot walk before, you know, up to base camp Everest, which I'm thinking was like heaps of stone. <laughs> so I was just like, it was, it's yeah. funny, actually, we've been talking about, you know, this barefoot walk now. And I was just like, I was like laughing to you this morning. I was like, you know, you're walking the east coast of Australia along the highway, you know, like pushing a cart with all your stuff and I was just thinking like you got hot roads you got gravel you got those little stones like you know when you're walking your feet start hurting every little stone you hit yep. and then I said to you I was like what about prick? I said, I said, how good is it when you get a bit of grass that you can walk on? I was like, oh, what about prickles? <laughs> and we're coming into spring, you're right? And springtime in Australia is also bindi time. And I started laughing so hard, thinking like, you're walking already, what, for four months now? Three, yeah, three, three months. Three yeah. months. And I'm like, you've got to sit, you know, you're walking pretty much for six months straight to do, you know, barefoot. And I was like, you're about to walk into bindis as well. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's just getting, it's getting worse and worse. Like, Pretty much everything in Australia is trying to get at you. Even the grass is just trying to get at you. And it's been pretty bad already. Like, people have been, like, asking me heaps, like, oh, dude, why don't you just walk into the grill? It's like, well, I've got several reasons for that. you got three different types of bindis that just freaking 
they'll easily get into your tires, into your feet. You got glass, you got snakes, you got everything in the grass. So no, I'm, I'm sweet on on the tarmac. Eh? I'm, I'm <laughs> what with the stones, with the stones. I, I prefer the stones and the little like the little pieces of Lego every now and then than yeah. than bindies. Bindies are the worst, eh? Yeah. So so you know to do to do a world record like this, obviously it's a world record for a reason. That's because it's freaking hard, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of mental strength. You know, it's like you, you know, like your feet are hurting and it's something that you're gonna have to push through and push through. Just the endurance, the walking, the you know, the nothingness out with just you and your mind. You know, we. We talked last night, which will come out in the next podca- podcast, about you know the the ripple effect that it's having you spreading awareness. But it's just you know back to just you and your adventure and just how you know the challenge that you have within yourself. It's like, did you learn? Um, was it the army that taught you how to freaking push into your mind? A hundred percent. Like if if um, if if there's one thing I definitely like kept from from my whole army time is is that mindset uh, mindset where um, um, you know, like in in movies, they kind of scream. Like they, it seems like they just scream at you. They push you constantly. They they look for your boundaries, and um, like it kind of seems like they do it for no reason. But it's actually just to show you, like you can do, you can go so much further than what yourself give yourself credit for. Um, and that's and that's definitely something that stays. Like you've got so much power inside of you, but it's so easy to say, oh, I can't go any further. You know, I'm I'm going to stop here, and that's enough for me. Have you had this on this walk where you're just like? fuck what am i doing this? oh many 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 times but then like yes you think it but then you just you kind of know like nah i i, I gotta keep moving like this it's funny like it's it's a weird battle because of course you wake up and your feet are so sore like they're swollen the first steps you take actually just takes a lot of effort just to stand up but then not a single cell in your body thinks it's all like i'm not going to do it today because like i'm on this mission i have to keep going uh, mind over matter like you, you're stronger than this like you can do it uh, committed yeah. that's it yeah and once you push through it again like you just know like hey i can i can do this you know did you train your feet coming up to this barefoot walk were you walking with like um footless trying to get like mean footless were you walking footless? <laughs> were you walking shoeless trying to you know toughen your feet up and get calluses before you you started were you doing much walking yeah i try as in like i did walk barefoot quite a lot in sydney already but then like I was, I was getting pretty confident. Like, oh yeah, my feet are tough enough to do this walk. But then you got city feet, you know. Like everything is just smooth asphalt and and like pathways. You don't really train them. Like I did a few like bush trails. Was this uh one uh, one day where a buddy of mine he organized um like uh, is it the Gucci to Manly walk? Yeah. To to raise a bit of money for a soldier on like he's ex army as well. And I said, like, sweet, I'll join you halfway. I'll do 40Ks barefoot, and I'll just join you, like, was from the opera house back to Manly. And we went through bush and, and rocky bits as well. And, I mean, it was quite tough. 40Ks on one day was was a big day. Yeah. And and But that, that definitely made me confident as well. And just walking barefoot, like, on the northern beaches is in, yeah, you got your little bits and pieces of, of glass you mm. have to think about every now and then. But other than that, I felt confident until day one leaving Cairns I started on the Bruce Highway and everything just being like freshly laid gravel that was like yeah holy hell no I just when you're saying that I just brought back to this memory and I've done it a couple of times going to the Keppel Islands and not not taking my trail runners now I always just remember I've got to take them because if I can remember this one time I ran to the other side of the island you know it's like 20k oh it's 10k there and 10k back I suppose like 20k round trip but, you know, you're going um, sand, bush, tra- like um, walking trail, like stones, um, 
freaking reef, you know, like yeah. um, rocks and, and all of it. I was like, I just remember, I just remember I was at this point where I was like, holy fuck, I just, my feet were hurting that bad. I was like, I'm just going to get to the beach. But then my feet were so sore. Then I was on sand and sand's freaking sandpaper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it didn't help at all. It was like, <laughs> oh my God. It was like, yeah. And it's usually quite hot as well, so it makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, like at, at, at most days, my feet are so sensitive, so, so sore that even walking on like the softer grass bit, it's just kind of like you, you get really careful. You just don't want to hit it again. Yeah. So even walking on the soft grass sometimes it's just a bit of like yeah. How so often have you have you been walking along barefoot on this walk and then hit that little stone that oh, just hits man. in that spot and you're like oh god that got me. Like way 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 too many times. I think I'll be having nightmares of this like for a long long time after this as well. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you just walk and try find that white line on the road and then when a car comes walk off it. Yeah. Yeah, so like I walk on the opposite side of the road so I can see traffic coming. And then when there's no traffic coming, I just walk either on the white line or on like the bit where the cars usually drive because the tires kind of make, they smooth it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's like the sweet spot off the road. But then <laughs> <laughs> you, you've slowed yourself down enough to notice like the little smooth spot in the gravel on the road. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm like a fully, like a, I'm a road. How do you say expert it? Like, now? Expert, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, developing this mind toughness, like that, takes you back to the army. So, yeah. like, what? Yeah, tell us some. Um, if you don't mind, I want to, yeah, t tell me a story of the army. <laughs> no, no. How did you get? How did the army like create create such a good mindset? Or how did the army create a mindset of like pushing in, you into yourself? Um, like in in training, mostly they they constantly want to show you your boundaries your limits and push you over it just to show you like because like uh, picture it this way like when shit hits the fan when you're on a mission you can't just say like and and, and the enemy is on your ass you can't just say like hey you know what i'm i'm tired i'm just gonna stop here you know like you mm. just keep going now you have to be on that on in that mindset thinking like no matter what happens i can go i can go forever i can do whatever like it takes so were you a soldier yeah yeah, yeah so infantry infantry yeah i was um yeah, infantry most of the time, and I worked with uh, soft support, so special force support unit, for quite a long time as well. I actually have a really good story about my last mission, when I was kind of disguised as a. <gasps> tell as me, a, please as a tell soft me. Soft support. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, you want to hear it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Or whatever you want to tell. <laughs> well, like I'll, I'll go through, I'll, I'll go through like a training and and what it does to your mindset. As in, like they just teach you like that you have to look for those limits and, and like your own boundaries just to push yourself that one little bit further so you can feel that power of, hey, if, if I can go over this limit, where where's my next limit? You can keep looking for those mm. limits and that just kind of unleashes this, this massive power inside of you that you can just go as far as you want to take it. There is no limits. Like it's just your mind telling you like, hey, this is a limit, but then you kind of like go over it, your body goes over it and it's like, hey, sweet, I can, I can go again. And if you like repeatedly and that's what they do in a the training they repeatedly like try to break you in that sense like try to get you to that point and then like the guys that are definitely not fit for the army would say you know what that's 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 me like i'm quitting uh but if you keep pushing those boundaries like you just keep feeling like hey i can go further and further and further and that's definitely something that lasts and it's just a discipline as well of you know just waking up and knowing you're gonna go through like a whole day of shit again but you're gonna do it. You're just gonna to have to go through mm -hmm. it to get to that end goal. Like you have the end goal. Like you want to do the job. You want to 
in eventually like go on a mission and make a difference for someone else that doesn't have the power themselves to do it. Um, so with having that goal in mind, you just know like you're going to have to go through mm. it. it. That's kind of like anything in life. I had a conversation with, with someone not too long ago about where they wanted to get to in life. I'm like, you got to make some sacrifices. You're not going to get there if you're bendering every weekend. No. You know what I mean? You're, for one, you're wasting your money. You're wasting your health. You waste, you're not working towards it. You can't sit here and just whinge about life and be like, oh, this is unfair. Like, I want to do this, but I can't get there. And you, But you do everything. You know, it's like sometimes you just got to fucking head down, put your head down and just fucking go for it. That's it. You know, yeah. sacrifice. Miss out on that party. Yeah. Miss out on this. It's just like, that's one thing that I always, that I've realized, like I've had to miss out on so many fun times right to get the most amazing times or to get the most amazing goals or the things for my life yeah. but i've had to miss out on like say a friend's birthday or fucking someone's wedding or some or this because i'm going for something greater not that, that what they're doing is not great but i mean going for something greater for myself yeah and it's like fucking sucks right but it's actually just a small price you got to pay That's when it. you're focused and then when you you know and it's like sometimes the people yeah if yeah yeah, it's just funny. I just had that conversation. I was like, well, fuck it. Looking from the outside, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Stop fucking bendering. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Don't take drugs this weekend and fuck yourself for the whole next week. Yeah. You might have a bit more strength to be able to work towards something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's exactly it. And, and like, if you just keep that goal in mind of what, what it's going to give to you at the end, like in the end, it should do that trick as well of pushing you through those gnarly days. But definitely, like, it's not going to come too easy. Like, nothing like will come to that easier thing like if, mm. if it's like a, a goal like that and it just gives you the discipline to just to do it to get up and say like you know what i'm just gonna have to do it and mm. yeah, give it to me um and that oh man like especially on this walk i think every morning that's still going on because every morning especially when i'm like in the middle of nowhere it's just melting away in a tent waking up thinking all right i'm just gonna be by myself another day again just walking next to the bruise highway bruising my feet up um mm. So, so what happened? Sorry, there's a guy just. We're, 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 right now, we're camped in a sleepy hollow on the side of the highway, just north of Gympie, and um, you know where some campers and, and this, an odd-looking fellas coming, drinking a beer and walking around our um, <laughs> our little camp. Um, should we, we pause it for a second? Should we, no, that's good. <laughs> I know, he's okay, that's, <laughs> oh, I think he's home. He's drinking a beer. It's eight in the morning, yeah. and um, I think it, by the our set up over there it looks like where it looks like we are homeless yeah and we would also be down for a beer this yeah. morning i think it was just looking for someone to drink with <laughs> kind of looks like you know it, what yeah, i mean yeah. like you kind of look homeless when you think about it you know your tents on the side of the road yeah you've got a cart you're pushing you know it could be a trolley from if you look from a distance yeah like, oh, I've, you know, I've heard it a few times like people stopping over like hey like thinking you're homeless yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's just not like i'm a bomb yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it's, <laughs> it's mostly when i look that freaking tired as well as like that's like an yeah. indication that i need a shower and just yeah. some more sleep. Yeah. So, oh, man. So, so the army took you to to Afghanistan for three yeah. tours. Yeah. But so, what was that like? Oh, um, life changing, hot, dusty, um, eye opener. Mm. As in, like, of course, like it's funny, like the, especially the first time I went, I was that young. I was just twenty, and. Um, yeah, I traveled, I already traveled, and I, I, for some reason, I just saw it as another adventure, as another, like, going, seeing another country, and, of course, like, in a different way, but I, I just saw it as, oh, I'm just going on this new adventure. I wasn't nervous at all. I just wanted to see it. I just wanted to experience it. Um, 
So you didn't really realise what you're getting yourself into, that you're going to war? No, nah, not really. As in, yeah, it's it's really weird, especially because you are trained that well. You kind of like... You're going to do a job. Yeah, you're going to do a job. Well, that's that's pretty much that's that's hitting the, the nail on the hat. You've been training for so long, and finally you're going to do your actual job, which is going over there and, and providing that security for uh, the locals living over there that they can do uh, live the lives they want to again. Uh, where my first mission was was pretty basic. I, I wasn't going to do too much exciting stuff. Um, I did get myself into some more exciting stuff just because I'm very forward and opening like hey I want to do more I want to try more so basically my first mission I was supposed to stay on base um, helping the special forces out but I didn't want to I was in like I was young I wanted to see more do more so I knew I, I heard about this other smaller unit I heard they were like going to different places it's like hey if you, if you need any help if you need me to do something like I was just looking for yeah. things just to leave the camp and Eventually, I got my way, and and I was leaving. Uh, I was leaving camp with them, uh, being force protection, and uh, that's when, like, on my first mission, even though it was like a pretty calm, calm mission when you look at it that way, um, I got into like afterwards, and I, I only heard this afterwards, but I got into like a pretty bad situation, as in, um, like, the outside fence. So this was like on an air, like an air base. There was like a massive outside fence going around it. And because I kind of gave myself some freedom just to like check things out, um, I went there quite often just to, to kind of find those limits. And um, there was... So you'd what, walk out to the outside uh, fence or something? No, like not that? outside the fence. Like I would, I would get like a, an army-based vehicle uh, to get it with a buddy. Yeah. And we would drive to like the outsides of this base because there was... Like people living right on the other side of the fence, like locals, and I just wanted mm. to to meet them. I just wanted to see them. I just wanted to know what it was like because I wanted to get out so badly. So I was kind of like looking yeah. for it. And uh, what happened was, like my my friends and family back then, like they would send you back packages, you know, like with some Dutch treats or like just letters, you know, like we like um, like phones like we have it right now, just sending text stuff like that. Wasn't yeah. like was two thousand seven, wasn't that big yet um we just had like pay phones and, and stuff like that or just sending letters uh but yeah they would send like candy and they would send like little toys like uh, air bubbles so i could give that to the local people so we would go to the same spot over and over again to hand out these like gifts to the kids um just feeling safe yeah. and then not thinking about making yourself very, very Vulnerable easy Vulnerable by doing it the same all the time. You're exactly. going back to the same spot. So what happened was, like, uh, one time we got back, because we didn't really tell a lot of people that we are doing it, because we kind of knew, like, it's not really allowed to do it. Mm. Um, and we got shit for it, like, badly. As in, like, some sergeant major heard about it. He came to us and he gave us shit. As in, like, what the fuck, guys? Like, what are you guys doing? Like do you like have you forgotten where you're at like this is not some freaking holiday park in in bali you know um and what happened was the army or like the security of that camp had seen a taliban coming to that same spot digging in an ied for us to for when we would come back to that same spot to detonate so they could get us but what what the most 
fucked up thing about that is it shows that they have zero care for blowing up kids and just normal people holy shit so what an eye-opener for you to actually realize where you are so like yeah. you're going trying to do something generous out of like the generosity and love in your own heart yeah and so the enemy you know like you know with what whatever they're such filled with hate or like you know they're on their mission and their mission is like to fucking kill you to get yeah. any of them out of their anger yeah and so like to actually see that they will do that even with kids because i know what you mean you feel safe and it's like no one's gonna blow it's like the rules of fighting yeah. you know what i mean if you ever fought a dirty fighter and you're like the rules of fighting is like you don't do this you don't do that you know yeah. and then suddenly it scares you when suddenly like someone throws sand in your eyes you're like holy yeah. fuck yeah yeah he's guys, in for a different game yeah yeah you know what i mean you're like yeah fucking hell like it's yeah it's scary oh, that, was, that was definitely an eye-opener and the fact as well that coming from such a safe place as the netherlands like i traveled like i travel a lot i knew like mm. growing up in the netherlands like i'm super um like blessed to be to be growing up in a safe country like that but never of course seeing like war from from up close and and people with such a bad mind like such a different mindset from up close that yeah holy hell like the fact that they were willing to blow up all those kids just to get to the two of us just so they could strike fear um yeah that's definitely that's definitely something that that stays with you and because you see it was like when i when i saw that um the machete that war in Sri Lanka the two tribes fight around me and I watched that dude get cut up and oh yeah uh, there's a podcast on a tribe war Sri Lanka but it was just like it was this what it did for me is like wow seeing the the actual brutality in the world yeah you know what I mean seeing the actual like that can come out and how, how quickly it can come you know yeah. and you don't because you know we, we live in in this society and, and and it's like fuck we're so ultra safe at the worst comes to worst I might come to blows with someone you know yeah. that's my biggest fear yeah. is getting into a physical fight with someone it's not, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. fucking someone cutting my head off with a machete exactly you know yeah. what I mean or, and doing just, it like it's nothing yeah you know oh, and, that's, and that's the thing and that's, and that's their mindset as well as in like to them it's nothing like they live in such a different world and it's so, nuts and they've been in, in war their entire lives like so Afghanistan has been in war for yeah. so long already that most people that 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 are in the Taliban right now, all they know is That's war. All they know, yeah. yeah. So, that did that change how you saw the place being over in Afghanistan? Oh, yeah. Suddenly, like suddenly, you realize you're vulnerable. For sure, because shortly after that same team that went out, like that I went out with, they went out and they had a suicider on the roads. Um, so, like someone with a vest that blew himself up trying to get to them as well. Uh, all of a sudden, there's, there was quite a lot happening in that in that uh, in that place, so that was definitely just a wake up call. It didn't scare me; it just got me on alert. Alert, as in like, okay, I'm back to my job again. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm gonna do this. This is the country I'm at. Do not fuck around. Like it's yeah. serious here. Um, but saying that, um, like it, it's it's definitely it's definitely of course an eye opener. And it, 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 at that young age, like I was only just twenty. It stays with you and you, you have that moment of realization straight away as in like life can be over within a second so live it to the mm. fullest you know like I, I already started to come into that mindset and already because of traveling i knew like how lucky i was but that even like makes you realize even more like dude you got to live your life like there's no tomorrow because it's not a given fact that you're going to get it tomorrow um and for these people living there that's daily life you know like they they live in that fear constantly that's why we're there just to take away that fear for them so they can kind of just live the lives again that they wanted to 
Um, and then like to take you to a moment on, on my second mission, I was in the infantry. So we were doing like all the foot patrols, just going to towns and making sure like people were feeling safe. Like we were there to come as a just police a presence. Force. Yeah. yeah. As a police presence. Pretty much. Like they, they didn't have that police and army force anymore uh, to come in between like the Taliban and themselves. So the Taliban was just pretty much ruling the place. They were telling them what to do. Um, if you didn't, you would get decapitated. They will just murder out your family. So you just had to live their law. Um, and we were there just to provide that safety bubble so they could just do whatever they could do in it. Like again, yeah, just so they could live. Um, yeah. And whenever Taliban was trying to intervene, we were there just to fight them off and push back push them back further and further so that safety bubble would get bigger and bigger for people just to live safely and say like hey i'm i'm cool here i can i can just um like grow whatever i want on my lands like kids were going to school again like that was that's the best thing like we we provided that safety for kids to actually just grow up not being in war and just going to school and learning things and giving like a different future like a different mm. perspective on life not that life is just miserable and war no they actually for that time being so now like of course it's done now like after 20 years we, we left and now it's it's all going back to shit again um but for those 20 years people have lived in like a, a relative form of safety and kids were able to to study again to go to school and maybe got the opportunity to go to uni in, in some other country or something like that so it was definitely doing a trick and I went back every two years. So I went three times and I saw the bubble grow and I saw the change. I saw more women on the street. I saw more kids going to school, even girls going to school, um, which is unheard of before that. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to women, like, like to give you like an extreme example of, of like how women are treated in Afghanistan and most, in most regions of Afghanistan. Um, goats and sheep would go inside the car if they have the space and the women will go back in the trunk like back in the thing that's their place they're not they don't have any value to wow. most men it's crazy they will get bashed if if um, like that's why they wear a burqa they're not allowed to to um, attract any attention to them so they have to carve them themselves up but even if like in the beginning like of course we didn't know if we would look at them and their husband would see that as like her provoking like any attention from another man she would get beat up right there on the street mm. just from just general men just looking at her it's was crazy. that was that something did you ever see that and you can't intervene because it's a different culture you can't intervene now nah. it's mm. it's horrible like women would literally like turn themselves away so they're alre already wearing a burqa right but they still like would turn themselves away make themselves really small and just kind of like like do that like get the arm over the face as well and but you can't do anything about it because that's their culture like we're not there to tell them like how yeah how to lift their culture or anything we're, yeah. we're just there as a police force to come in between taliban and them uh so that was yeah that was horrible to see um but that's the same as when you go traveling you know you can't like mm. Yeah, it's like when i lived in west Zimbabwe, you know and, and it's it's so beautiful there and they have signs up um you know, when you go into the village to say, you know, you must respect their culture and wear a shirt um, and shorts, you know, yeah. like, and, you know, Westerners would come and this is Western bar and they, and they, 
the the village and the village chief was quite open and he was like hey look there's a few hotels and homestays down the beach there that's where the westerners go hang you we we don't like it but we won't hang there you guys hang and surf there and you can be in bikinis and do your thing but please when you come into our space into our village yeah you know even though that that beach is their beach they're like okay but when you come into our village please respect us and our culture right and because i used to run um work at the surf camp there and stuff and i would have guests or people would come you know, Westerners, Australians, or people would come be on their motorbikes, girls in bikinis, in G-strings, guys in boardies, and they go into the village, and I'll be like, hey, guys, like, you put some clothes on, you know, kind of thing, if you're going to go in the village. And they're like, "Not, they're not fucking suppressing us. It's fucking 2020 or 2019 yeah. back then, you know what I mean? They need to get with the times. And you're like, they didn't need to get with the fucking times yeah. of your times in your culture. That's it, This yeah. is their culture, and they're asking for respect, and you are in their place, in their home, and now you're spitting on them, disrespecting them. They find this ultra offensive. Yeah. And you're here as a guest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fucking take your ego out of it, what you think is right, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it was... Yeah, it was really hard because those people are fucking amazing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's not yeah. for me to tell them how to live or how their culture should be. That's it. Just because yeah, yeah. mine's different, you know? It's just... And, and yeah, it, it like in a weird way as well, like, of course, when you hear these stories about uh, how they how they treat women, it's it's like so far removed from from our own culture, of course. So, mm. like, it's, it's, it's bad. That's, like, that's but, hard. That is yeah. hard too because, you know, like... Because you know they've lo- got, got it lost somewhere in the way yeah, around time because, you know, like... Women are like, you know, last time we had a chat about mental health and men and, and, and women, for me, they're my kryptonite. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. I can have so much power, but a woman has so much power over me. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, they're fucking just as strong, just as smart. Like, like there is oh, yeah. no fucking, yeah. I, like, just it, the comparison is just, there is no, it's just, I don't know what happened in there where they, where they don't see the fucking beauty or power, or maybe that's why, because they do see it. So they suppress it. I think I it's know. well. It's just it's just ingrained from like centuries and centuries, like just living that way. Like I mean, mm. like in a way, it's all like you have to see it. Yeah. Most regions of Afghanistan still live in medieval times. So how it looks, what they do, it's all still like let's say the the fifteenth century, something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Like you cannot compare it to any anything else. But then again, saying that, like most like all the Afghani men that we met they were so friendly like yeah, so so nice, eh? so nice and like whenever we come through like a, a like a village they would like come out with the tea and a little snack straight away like being very hospitable mm. um, were you thankful you were you always scared when you're there on edge at like that hospitable that but it was actually could be like you know, if someone yeah. comes and tries to give you tea and then you're like oh wait hold back are you gonna blow me up uh well not, like, not with the tea but the fact is it did happen a lot of times that they could be working like their land in one moment just pretending to be like a nice bloke and just a normal Afghani person and then you would turn your back on it and they would have an AK in their hands you know like it's it's really weird because you can't you can't tell the difference you can't of course you can't tell the difference between like Taliban or local guy um, mm. so one moment yeah, they're, they're your friend and the other moment they're up in the mountains being your enemy so what happened on that second mission? Uh, so like oh to to take it back to a moment what I said before is in like oh you know like you you, you kind of lose that sense of um, like danger as mm. in like even even like because it just becomes your job yeah so you, you are sharp you, you you're very trained but yeah, um, yeah you, it becomes like a bit of a routine like things start to go well for a longer time period so you start to relax a little bit more and 
what happened one day was like this there's so many things that happen of course but one particular moment uh every sunday we had ashura and ashura is when all tribal leaders because afghanistan is just tribes um all tribal leaders uh, leaders from the area will come together in the city of Terawood. that's the city where we were um and like we would have like specially trained like officers from our side they would join their conversation and we would just every week we would kind of talk about like hey what's been happening in the area is there anything we can do for you guys like is there anything that's broken that we can fix um and then on 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 our teams again like ask if they have any intel coming from like hey do you know the whereabouts of of taliban something like that so every week we would have these gatherings and of course that is like high risk area because taliban would know that was happening all the important people all the important people are there so we always had like a 360 around it like so you have to imagine like it's a pretty big city uh, with like a bazaar so a lot of life happening and right in like in the middle on one side that's where we had like a a safe building and we had these meetings and we always did like a 360 around it just making sure that no one could get close to them like no one was allowed to get in that same uh, area and like yeah we done that like over and over again every sunday and it all went well and on thursdays they would have their own shura so just with um yeah their own tribal leaders afghani army and police that we trained would protect themselves and two thursdays in a row they had a suicide attack so someone with a vest trying to get as close as he could to to the shura to try to try to blow them up and like two thursdays in a row so yeah there was there was hardly any afghani army and police left that were just like that wanted to be there like fuck this like we're getting blown up into pieces right here we don't want to do this like and that's what taliban wants as well they want to they want to let us live in fear they want to stop us from living the life we do we like they want that's how you control fear yeah is how you control that's it um so they got them to the point it's like yeah Afghani army and police were like, yeah, no, can, can you guys please come on, on Thursday again? Because we don't have enough manpower left to that want to be there. So, yeah, sweet. So we, we came in on, on the Thursday as well. And just like any other day for us, you know, like fuck, we've done it so many times. And um, me and my group, we were on the bizarre side. So I was in the attack group of our platoon. So we were always leading, always front. And we had the the busiest side of of, um, <coughs> of the city and like i said you can't you can't tell a taliban from, from so what are you scouting for because you can't tell you're just scouting for someone coming at you looking at your aggression you know like are you yeah so like they they do give you like certain aspects to look at like if if they are wearing like a really thick jacket all of a sudden or some of them like shave themselves before they go into attack because uh, I kind of forgot the reason why because like you need to be clean shaven before you go to the afterlife uh, yeah. before you get your 70 virgins um, so there's like these little things you look at but it's super busy like people like are just like having their ordinary life but for us it was just like we, we were set up in a way that we had enough space between us and like the other end of the street where they had to come into just so like we could stop them at a safe distance and if they would continue to come that's when you know like okay shit's gonna hit the fan um and we were just yeah protecting our bit and i was in a little side street and i was right like i was i had the end of one street inside but then there was a little side alley 
that I had no sight on, on what was coming from, from behind it. Like, so it was like a little side street. And it was like, it was just crazy to be there. Like, just to give you like a little image, because 80% of the world's heroin comes from Afghanistan. Mm. 80%. So pretty much all Afghanis use it as well. There's needles everywhere. Before you sit down in one of those streets, you had to like clear it up a little bit from needles just so you wouldn't sit in a needle it was crazy um and yeah we were just we were just kind of just doing our thing and all of a sudden there was this massive fucking explosion right next to us um it was that close to us that my corporal that was just having a chat to like a few other blokes just a little bit back thought it was at at us so he came running towards us like with with a face like eyes wide like wide open thinking you've just been yeah engaged. blown up yeah um but what happened was for some luck some freak accident his vest went off by accident so he was wearing a vest and they were like getting ready to walk towards us to blow us up and pretty much like what I know now is all like all he had to do is come to that little alleyway. Alleyway, he would have been like close enough to yeah to blow me wow, so That's the bits. second time your guardian angel has just yep. stopped you from getting blown up. Yeah, just for some, for some, because it wasn't my time yet. His vest went just off by accident, so they were probably like just fitting it on, like getting it on right, something like that. It must have blown up because the sad thing is. Um, so he was in that one side street that was a shopping street so he blew up 15 civilians with himself as well oh shit it was mayhem so like the whole street was in complete bits and you were there as first point of call to try yeah so we because we, we were on that side so of course your first reaction is just to to guard your spot uh, because there could be like a second attack like it could be like the first one leading in and they have more people ready just to overrun is that really hard too especially when you've seen civilians just getting blown up and now you have to hold you have to hold your space just to protect you guys first just to clear the area and see what's going on you know what i mean like someone's like fucking rolling around on the ground in front of you like the first explosion we didn't see because like it was that side street so there was like a line of like well you can't really call it buildings it's just like walls made out of freaking like shit and mud yeah um but that was in between so you see like the massive you see like the the whole cloud you like yeah. everything is shedded um but it wasn't hard because you trained so well the moment the second you heard that sound the first you get triggered straight away is in like you get into your routine you drill that you've been drilling over and over again what to do in those situations so you respond to that straight away you stand guard you hold your position you go into like comms with like all your bodies to see if everything is okay where is it coming from do you see any other like um taliban coming and as soon as like that first reaction is done like okay we guys are safe everyone is good no one needs like any medical support on our side we went out and and yeah went to the site and see what what the hell happened um and that was a massacre it was bad it was really bad like the whole what did you see? shopping street is just blown into bits um i can show you like pictures possibly afterwards um but yeah, it's mayhem. It's something you never want to see in your life, pretty much. Because you saw people. Yeah. That were, did, yeah. yeah. Did you just have medics to help the injured, or was it just? Yeah. Oh. So there's there's always medics with us. Um, 
that know straight away what to do. So you assess the situation and, and yeah, they reach out to the people. But um, like luckily the Afghani army and police were like there on the scene straight away as well. They could talk to the people, they could sort out the injured and they could sort out the debt as well. Um, and everyone just started to work as like one oiled machine together to get everyone helped to get like just to assess the situation. And what was, what was the case as well, where he blew up was a stronghold for the Taliban. So there was heaps and heaps of information in that building as well, like lots of, like I think it was $150,000 in uh, foreign cash laying there. Um, there was heaps of confiscated like puppy that they got from the farmer so they could sell again for money so they could buy more like weapons and, and, and uh, like whatever they need to, to build their bombs and stuff like that. So we found, like, while we got there, we found the stronghold as well. It was, it was nuts. It was just so much things laying around. And, um, yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Did it ever frustrate you? Okay, so then if there's an enemy there and then they're getting money that, to buy weapons, to, to make stuff, to build bombs, why didn't they... Like, probably a stupid question, but why didn't they just... Why do people sell them weapons? <laughs> you know, and then why do... Why don't they stop the materials that they need to make bombs coming into the country? Or do they it's, do it's, and they just get it? It's just unstoppable. It's I suppose unstoppable. like drugs. That's it. Yeah, I suppose you like can, drugs. You can yeah. get whatever you want anyway. As in, yeah. especially Sounds arms like deals, is, I yeah. think it's one of the biggest industries in the world. Like, mm. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like you, they, they get I often think about that. It's just like, like kind of being a drug dealer or whatever, like a bad drug dealer or like a arms dealer. It's like, oh my God, you're, for your own selfish benefit, you're, sell, like, you're just making some quick cash for yourself so a whole heap of other people can die. Yeah, pretty you much. You know, you're just feeding anger and fear yeah. and all this shit into the world. Oh my God, that is bad. But that's, that's how we think about it. But there is just, and that's so hard to understand for us. So there are like heaps of, like groups like the Taliban that don't have that mindset. They don't think that way. So like, for example, after that, I started to think after a while, like how can someone hate me so much that they're willing to blow themselves up just to get at me while they wow. don't even no. know me? You know what I mean? Like I was thinking like, what if I would have met that same guy while traveling, right? And we would just sit down at the table, we would have a beer, Oh, he possibly could have had like a blast at night, you know, like just go for a freaking boogie, have a few drinks, you know what I mean? Like, but just mm. because that person is brought up in such a different, like, mindset, a different way. Like, I always, I always say, like, in the most basic way, uh, like, as a kid, when you're going to school and stuff like that, whatever your dad told you was the truth, you know, like, no matter what other dads told you, nah, 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 what, what might, because that's all you know in that moment. Yeah. And it's the same for these people. Like all they have is the Quran, for example, you know, mm. like they, they have maybe one radio station, but that's all kind of controlled as well. Not really a newspaper, not like yeah. what like internet will be. So they get raised thinking like just this. So that what becomes the one story. Yeah. Do you remember oh, SBS or Vice, Viceland? And they did that one on the KKK and they, they got those dudes um, like with, trying to kill you know african-americans 
and then they sat him down in a room with some African-Americans and just got him to talk and they just became mates. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. just like, and the guy was just like, what, I've been trying to kill you guys and you're just a human? Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, fuck man, like we lose everything as soon as we don't come from love. Yeah. Like even on the smallest terms in every day-to-day life, think about it, as soon as you don't come from love, you lose. Yeah, 100%. You know? And it, like, it's, it's all about just being open to different like allowing people to be different as well, like and just being open to different cultures and different different mindsets. And of course, you shouldn't be open to a mindset that wants to blow you up. Yeah, did but that that scare scare you? Like did that change your view on humanity? Seeing that stuff, like what what do you think now with humanity? Like, well, right now, you've seen this, just because you've seen its dark side. I've definitely seen the darkest bits of life, as in, like, I've definitely seen, like, how bad humanity can get. Well, you've seen people blow but, each other up, you know? Yeah, but you know what the crazy thing is as well? Like, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I love to think about these things, and I, I have, I'm lucky in a way that we all got out safe, we all got out, like, un, unharmed, and I feel like I'm lucky enough to have this brain that's wired in a way to not get stuck in the negative thinking, we kind of, like, see, like, go through these stories over and over again and think like okay but what what takes his brain you know like how how, how is he wired and mm. um bit of understanding yeah try to understand it as well like what their like what their upbringing is and and yeah it's crazy like i didn't i didn't feel hate yeah in a way like of course in a moment you fully like in a, if something would have happened to a mate it would have been completely different probably like it would have been a completely different story but i just at some point like especially coming back to the netherlands like the first few weeks or months like you you definitely an edge like you you're very um like sharp on noises and everything kind of takes you back to these moments i remember i was i was at a club it's close to new year's and i was just having a blast and all of a sudden in the club they had these confetti things like blow confetti yeah and it was like five bangs in a row and my first response is to go low go on my knee and assess the situation if i would go forward or backward and see yeah. where my mates are at and then i was looking up like holy fuck i'm just on my knees right now thinking i'm in like a, in a war scene but i'm actually just in a club wow because yeah, this is your training it's yeah. your habit right yeah. there holy fuck it's just your, your first response to to mm. like hearing explosions but um yeah it, it's I, I just started to think like I, I got the positives out of it as in like um like what i said before is all like man like i'm i'm one lucky fella to be to yeah. be born and raised in the netherlands to live like it didn't get to me it didn't get to my mates so i should live like like there's no tomorrow i i'm i'm just a lucky freaking bloke like look at what i get to do right now but it's that's definitely something that triggered that as all because if shit doesn't hit the fan you don't realize as well like how lucky you are most of the times mm. so that just really like woke me up as well thinking like holy hell dude like you shouldn't be standing here so you better like live it like there's yeah. no tomorrow and well yeah it, no one sh- it's funny I, I i like to think you know i've already won the lotto just by getting to live this life yeah you know what i mean yeah that's a good thing for mental health when we're when, you know like in our sorrows like oh you know poor little me in our victim mode you know, it's just like, I've already fucking won the lotto yeah. to get to fucking experience life. Yeah. Right? So I want to make the most of it. That's it. You well, know? Imagine just being born as a young boy in Afghanistan, for example. Mm. Like, just having the luck that you're born in Australia already. Like, that advantage you have yeah. on... Like, you're in that, what, 2% of the world that gets to live this life. I know. And sometimes I wonder that, like, when I'm worrying about my own trauma and my own problems, I'm like, 
the fuck am I whinging about? Look at these other people, you know? Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it's not relevant. I'm not saying my feelings are not relevant and everything, but it's just like, I. it's just more of understanding that I'm ultra lucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? That this is all I've got to deal with. It's like yeah. all these like traumas or whatever. You're like, yeah. fuck. Imagine my, my, one of my best mates, um, you know, he was, he did a few tours and he's got extreme PTSD. Yeah. He's, it's just fucked. And it got to the stage where I couldn't, I couldn't be part of his life for a bit. And I felt so bad. I remember I was like, he was calling me one day and I was at mum's place. Mum's like, oh, you know, thingy's calling. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I just left it. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't, I can't have that energy right now. Yeah. She's like, what? And I was like, and I told my mum and she's like, this is probably when he needs you. And I was like, I know I've tried, I've tried. It's just, it was just so hard. He, yeah. he finally went and sourced help because he, he was going to kill someone like he just yeah. he couldn't control it but he yeah you know he oh it gets really bad he, yeah he was um i don't really know because he hasn't opened up to me but from the little bits that i've got and from a couple of mates that he has opened up to you know they he was getting ultra frustrated because they were on patrol and getting sent out by the americans to do the same patrol all the time yeah and so like you said you're going to the same spot same spot yeah and then one day they went there on patrol and the front truck fucking hit a roadside bomb and got blown up and i think blew blew up the gunner yeah his mate and they first thing they had to do is like stop and retreat yeah but because that's their training and they knew that so they stopped and backed up and retreated into another roadside bomb that blew yeah. up the back car and so you know like next thing you know he's been you know he's in this this thing i i there's other stories that happen but i don't know but it it just the aftermath that's played on his mind what was so hard with him is that his mates other mates are in that scenario reached out with PTSD and got help and you know we're on special payments and going to psychiatrist and whatever and I remember him saying to me nah they're fucking pussies we all went through the same fucking thing blah blah you know and you know years later you know he loses his his missus because he can't he's just he's fucking he's just losing everything in his life because he can't handle it and then um it, it came to a point where he was driving along and a, a guy fucking cuts him off, starts road raging him. Yeah. And and he's just like, fuck, just, just chill, just chill, just let it go, let it go, let it go. And he pulls over to calm down into a service station. Lo and behold, this guy follows him in. You're right. And my mate, he was a pro kickboxer when we grew up. He was a pro boxer. Um, he freaking, you know, like he's just... He's a soldier. Like, he's just trained to freaking kill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's, I've always been ultra lucky that he's always had my back. You yeah. know? Because, yeah, like, yeah. no one would ever <laughs> fuck with me. But, but he's just... um. Anyway, he pulls over to calm down. And this guy follows him. This guy gets out of his car and starts fucking abusing him, saying he's going to fucking rip him to shreds and everything. My mate's sitting in the car. And he's sitting there just trying to breathe. And he's like... And he came to the point where he said... He, all he wanted to do was get out of the car and kill him. Yeah. And he said, and he realized that if he got out of the car, he this would. guy that he's fucking going nuts, he has no idea what he's in for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 like yeah. this guy through his own ego, through his own lost shit is losing it at my mate. Who's a trained killer. Yeah. And my mate's going through so much stuff. And he's, and he realized in that moment, if he fucking doesn't deal with this right now, he's going to kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he finally, he finally seeked, seeked help and, um, and you know, now he's on PTSD through the army and everything. Yeah. Do you need a wee? Yeah. All right, you got a wee. Just wait, wait. Pause. But where we're up to is um, your 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 second tour. Things have been blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. After after the piss. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Comfy. Comfy okay. No, no. But what I was saying is like, you know, in that scenario, like, you don't know 
what someone's going through sometimes. And so it's like ultra powerful to be able to like cut someone some slack. I've got this thing, you know, this, this whole thing and everything you're doing, you know, is about mental health awareness, especially with men. But I found something ultra powerful for me. Um, a tool that I use is to cut someone some slack. And it's just to say to myself, their story is not my story. Yeah. Right. So it's like, when I see someone, I run into someone having a bad day and they're going off at me. My ego wants to kick in and be like, no, nah, fuck you, man. You know? Yeah. And I kind of come to this point where it's like, actually, their story is not my story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, look, someone's just dropped over some Gatorade for you. Oh, sweet. Oh, wicked. <laughs> freaking legend. Yeah, he's seen you. He's seen you doing the barefoot walk and he's dropped <laughs> over to the camp, our freaking homeless looking shelter over there. What <laughs> a nice awesome. dude. Isn't yeah, that fucking yeah. cool? Oh, man. Like I said, every single day, people are so nice, man. Yeah. So friendly. But, um, yeah, so it's just, yeah, yeah, cutting someone some slack, you know, under, yeah, you know, and, yeah, and I'm not saying it's right what people are doing. Yeah, I mean, when people blow up, you know, say someone cuts you off and like starts abusing you, like that isn't cool. No. You know, but you don't have to take it personal. No, that's like, it. Like it's not yeah. cool. You don't have to be like, you don't have to teach them a lesson because sometimes if someone's going through something, you're not going to get anywhere telling them something because they've already got their life, they've already got their mind made up of what's fucking going on, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, you know, but it's like ultra powerful to cut them some slack. Like if someone just starts going off me, I run into some fucking douchebag being a dick you know it's just like i'm like all right cool it's nothing to do with me no yeah, you know yeah. what i mean they're in their space they they want to take it out of me yeah but fuck it's not you know i don't it's not my story man that's it and, their and, shit's and... not my shit i don't have to take it on i remember buddha said we got told in vipassana you know when we're meditating that you know everything's a gift in life everyone's trying to give you gifts yeah but you don't have to receive it no, you know yeah. what i mean so when someone's coming at you like blowing up or whatever you know you don't have to receive it no. You know what I mean? You don't have to take it on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And by just by just doing that, you you might just diffuse the little bomb as well. Because nine out of ten times, when someone just blows up at you like that, it's because, like you said as well, they're struggling themselves with something. So it comes mm. out of like struggle in their own like mental mind at yeah. that point. And by if you respond to it in that way and just sound like, hey, like, oh, good man, like, I'm. I'm not gonna like you're not gonna yeah, respond sure. to that that's cool you, you kind of you kind of diffuse it maybe as well like he receives a little bit of love in that way as well like it's freaking hard because you just want to like react the same way like, but if you kind of just yeah yeah exactly but as hard as it is if you kind of respond like in a very calm manner you might just kind of diffuse it for him as well mm. so that might snap him out of his like freaking yeah like aggressive mood and say like oh fuck actually like this dude is pretty nice like, yeah and yeah. it doesn't mean you be a pushover nah. or you can still set boundaries but you can set boundaries from love from love yeah you can be like oh hey man like it's not cool but you know it's all right yeah. like i get it it doesn't always work yeah it does not no sometimes you still get punched in the face of course but... it doesn't work old mate's looking for where you are yeah um nah. yeah okay okay so so okay so two two Tours in Afghanistan. Yeah. Second one, first one, you've nearly been blown up. Second one, you've nearly been blown up. Well, guess what happens on the third one? What happened on the third one? <laughs> I got almost blown up. <laughs> <laughs> she always, yeah. So, yeah. So what happened on the third? So the third one, I was actually, I was, I was very lucky. So, um, I went back to Special Forces Support Unit, and there, there was just an, a new mission started. Like I can't tell. Like I know this is going to sound very cliche. I can't tell too much about the details of these missions because it's special forces but they they started this new type of mission they had like a a special forces headquarters in kabul 
Uh, it's like a, a secret army base inside a bigger army base of the Canadians and the Brits. And they had like all their like high ranking offices there from all the special forces units in that area. So units could come there and do like a bit of training, uh, get some intel and that kind of stuff. And it was like these American contractors and they all had to go like from from camp to camp in that whole region. So they needed protection. They needed some type of bodyguards. And uh, usually it's just, of course, special forces operators that get that job to protect their high ranking officers. But because of the Dutchies being that freaking busy with everything else that was going on, they only needed two men. They said like, sweet, we're going to we're going to take like two of our most recent like fighting uh, trained uh, guys that we have, which was me. I just came freshly from from infantry, freshly just did a mission as well. And they gave me like all the sweet bits of the training. Um, like the, like the, the bodyguard type of training, the, the, their shooting training, um, their driving skills. And I was kind of sent over as, as like being a special forces operator, but not being one to do their job, which is... Sounds fun. It's freaking, it's the best job of my life. As in, just like the, 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 the type of um, like treatment you get already just them knowing you're like your special forces you're doing that type of job and especially because we were on that base which was like all having all their high-ranking officers they had like the special status as well um so i was just being treated like an absolute king and i just got to do whatever we wanted like we had all the freedom to do whatever we wanted and basically what we did we had to drive these high-ranking officers and these contractors from camp to camp and just protect them so as you would see in the movies, you know, when they um, drive the, the president around, for example. Yeah. And these like big SUVs, like one car has like the president in there. One Like one car is like following or leading, just making sure the road is safe. And did you always change up where he was in which car? Yeah. Front or back? Or? Yeah, mostly we did. Uh, but I always made sure I was in either lead or follow car because that's like you just get to drive like a complete asshole. That's your job. Like you have to make sure that vehicle stays safe at all times so always just like blocking the roads like just throwing your car in front of like upcoming traffic as if they're not coming like forcing them to have to stop so they can just go in one like smooth motion towards where they need to be and it was crazy it was crazy and i got to like the coolest thing i got to like the most secret of of army bases that like most people don't know about yeah. that was there so i got to see like such cool stuff and um yeah yeah we just went oh man i got so many so many stories of that mission but um oh let, let me like before i get to before i get to um like the 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 another blow up situation um like we had this four star um well it was a two star ses general so british ses special forces general for four days and um like we we had to we had to guard him and that was pretty much the highest one we had like and everything went well and and our commander like he was frothing he was so happy with the job we did so he kind of wanted to treat us for a bit and we had like a buckram airfield which is which is like a massive american uh, army base just like somewhere else and they had everything that like kfc that like the shops they had like all the good stuff there so he's like all right i'm gonna arrange for you guys to to go there and unwind for a day you know like kind of just get your minds back to normal and 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 just relax for a bit so what he did he he ordered us two blackhawks <laughs> just for us 
just to fly into into Bagram uh, airfields just so we could like kind of unwind and come back fresh uh which is freaking epic Wicked. like we were just standing like and the coolest thing was like on that airfield there was some dutchies working as well and we, we we were carrying all the cool gear that like not regular forces use like we were just special looking anyway and sometimes we would do our jobs in civilian clothes sometimes in in army clothes but it, like we we went over there every now and then because they um like they had like a little like a holland house they had some dutch tv some dutch snacks every now and then you know like and we, we went over every now and then just to have a coffee have a chat with them and just to share stories you know and they always like oh what do you guys do you know like well what do you guys do out here and we we were just dead honest with them like mate we're just like regular infantry but being sent out here to do this stuff like we're not special at all but they never would believe us you know like ah, fuck yeah like you're just you're just making shit up you do, because you're not allowed to tell us like what you guys yeah, actually yeah, doing yeah. you know it's like no fuck this is actually it you know yeah. they never believed us and then uh, whenever it is dutchies like or like for any country that matter like flying you, you have like the names have to be like on a manifest list in the case like you have an, a crash they need to know like who's on board so and if there's any dutchies moving around the country so we were just waiting in our civilian clothes with our, like our, all our special gear ready to be picked up by these two black arc helicopters and um like of course the dutch guy in, on the airport he saw like hey there's, there's these two dutch guys they're flying now right? let's check it out so he drove up to to where we were waiting like hey what are, you, what are you guys gonna do you know like are you guys going on a mission or what i said no nah, mate like we're just, we're just gonna chill you know he's gonna fly there from kfc <laughs> and um i had like a german ksk commander and and he um like a lot of germans can understand dutch a little bit if you talk slow enough and he he, he worked with a lot of dutchies so he could understand dutch and he heard overheard a little bit of the conversation and he responded right straight away it's like it's none of your business we're gonna fly out fly in We'll be back tomorrow. Go away. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so that that was it. After that, those guys were like, fuck you. You guys are just doing these like spec up missions. You're just going to like eliminate someone and come back. So, no, nah, mate, we're just going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was, that was like, that was just the, the type of um, status we had. Like they could just fly into Blackhawks for us. To, that was, yeah, that's it was, sick. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we we were of course like high target, and we were driving around in these in these um, just Toyota Land Cruisers SUVs, like just but then like highly armored, so like our windows were like um, like three centimeters thick, um, and we had like a few weird weird moments where we thought like we were being chased. Like you you have to be like super super sharp, like every movement of every car, like you could have cars standing next to the road with like a bomb in there that you could detonate from a distance. So you would look at every car parked, like if they were lowered a little bit, um, you would see like on the way how people were driving, if they're like a little bit more aggressive than others, you yeah. you pick on that straight away, you keep an eye on them. If they come too close to you, like it was my job just to pretty much smash into that car to make sure that car wouldn't be able to get to where like the, the high ranking officer would be. So pretty much what you see in the movies, it was, yeah. it was insane. And yeah, again, there was this. There was this one morning, and we had this American uh, colonel in our vehicle, and we had to drop him off somewhere else. And it was already like a weird few days. Like it was already like things happening uh, in the city, and um, there was a camp, like kind of like on a, on an angle, like across us, which we knew what kind of camp it was. It was um, like I can't say now because no one's there anymore, but it's like Europol. 
So yeah. um, like all European police and, and th those kind of units, um, like gathering a lot of information and they, they had like a completely different life than army personnel had as well. They had like a pretty luxurious camp as well. And of course, like Taliban knew out for some for for some reason. Um, so we were we were just about to well, we were just leaving our camp, so driving out the gate, um, and we took a right turn. So like that camp was a left turn, and about two three hundred meters away from from our like our gate. We took a right turn, and it's like a just a normal civilian road going towards like another checkpoint to go through the other side of of the airport. And as we turn right, uh, driving towards that gate, this massive fucking explosion behind us um, of uh, a motorcycle driving into that gate, detonating himself, blowing up that whole gate. And like, of course, we had a high target in the car, so we had to like floor it, get into the safe zone and, and get out, get out of that area. But behind us, uh, I got told, I'm not sure if it's true, like I never got to fact check something like that, but they said it was the biggest um, like suicide attack in 40 years. So they had two uh, IEDs inside, like little mopeds, like yeah. little, um, because there's two gates, they drove into the, the first gate, detonated themselves, they blew up the first gate, but then like they had a second one ready to drive into the second gate, and then it was like a whole bunch of, like I think it was tw like 20, Taliban fighters like waiting to like go in and they wanted just to run into the camp and cause as much chaos as possible they never got that far because what they didn't know is they had Gurkhas standing at the gate and Gurkhas are next level they're um, from Nepal they're part of the British army and they like they're not afraid to die they're the not Nepalese like these yeah, guys yeah. yeah they're like they're next level they have a whole different mindset they they have all oh, the create the, the stories that go about them, but yeah, they actually just won that fight. Like the the second moped didn't got to that second gate. Why did they shoot him down? Yeah, they shoot him down. Yeah. So one moped's just gone at the gate, blown up. The next moped's coming at the gate. They've just shot him. Yeah. And then and then all the other Taliban that was there as well. They yeah they got into like a massive firefight with the people guarding that camp. Uh, I remember there was some Czech. Uh, Czech uh, army guys at that gate as well that returned fire and they because they were just about to leave that gate as well um, in their vehicles but then like the whole shit blew up um, so we met them at the other camp they eventually still left after the whole thing was gone like their vehicle being like to bits like you could see like all the impact of, of the explosion and yeah just some of them some of them wounded uh, but yeah again holy like, if shit we so would have I made a left turn instead and going the other way, we would have been exactly in that explosion. Wow! Um, so when did you did you hear the explosion? Yeah, yeah. So, Did you see it in your rearview mirror? Yeah. So you've seen this explosion, and so you've just got to just floor it. We, so yeah, you're just yeah, like yeah. fucking. So oh my, is that? Even though you're such highly trained for that situation, yeah, is your anxiety like does your like fight or flight? Does your adrenaline just kick through? Oh, the roof? adrenaline for sure, but that's healthy because that's what you need to do what you need to do. So your adrenaline just kicks in. You're yeah. just like fuck it, just boom. Like you're yeah. just yeah. And then still, because you drive towards a gate of a next camp, you can't. You still have to keep to the rules, so you can't like just freaking floor it into the camp because they might, on their terms, think that we're Taliban as well yeah. so again you have to slow down you have to just go through the whole process 
uh, and they were just about to go like you have different colors of of um how do you say it like oh what's the word danger i would just call it yeah. danger um so if if you go on black then all gates are closed no one's leaving any camp anymore in the whole region uh just to make sure that no one gets blown up somewhere else yeah and they were just about to yeah shut everything down so we just got in inside um and like weird enough as we drove out and the other side because we had the special status and we had to deliver that guy to to where he needed to be as we drove out to um the other side there was a really small police station at the other side of the camp and that was just blown to bits as well so probably what happened is taliban like just so to stop them from responding to anything probably just threw in like a grenade just to get them like just gone so they couldn't respond to whatever they were going to do so while we were driving out that the other side we saw that police station like in smokes as well shit and then and that's just life that you're living yeah oh that's that's life that imagine that that's life that most Afghani people have been living their whole lives wow so imagine how their kids grow up and that's why it kind of pisses me off right now like of course like Taliban is, is taking over the country right now in record time like within weeks of us leaving after 20 years um, they've taken over the whole country like this morning actually was on the news like they're in Kabul and they just declared like hey this is this is ours again and then you have all these like people responding like oh everything has been for nothing waste of money waste of people um, but it's not like I, I want people to understand that imagine imagine you live in a country like that and you're constantly being suppressed and being told what to do and if you if you don't do what they tell you to do like your family gets murdered you get murdered whatever like your your daughters are being raped um like all that kind of stuff it's it's insane how badly you would beg for other companies to come uh, uh, countries to come help you out like just so you could live in relative safety again so at least for those 20 years that we were there, we made a difference for those people. We made sure that at least for 20 years, which is a long time, like it's a, it's a whole kid's life. They grew up not just knowing war. They had a sense of, of belief as well. Like it can, life can be different. They got to go to school. Like people for 20 years got to, to do a job they wanted to do again, even though there's not a lot of jobs to pick from. Um, but at least they had that freedom for those 20 years. So it's definitely not being for nothing because imagine those kids that have been going to school for that long. They have the possibility now to leave the country, for example, and actually like start a new life, like have education. Um, so of course, like it's, it's super, super sad to know that like all the bases that we built, like everything that we built is just being taken over by Taliban right now. And the Afghani army and police that we trained for so long like just didn't stand a chance like most of them just kind of gave up the fight like just just too scared of taliban because they just know how well trained mm. they are um, and just scared for their own families as well like to find out like if if taliban would find out he was in afghani army police they could easily kill their families as well for just doing that um but yeah for like those fuck uh, we are lucky oh yeah you know what i mean yeah. oh my god well, I, I, I appreciate I, life right now. And that's why, like, I like to share these stories. Like, I know, like, I've seen a lot of my mates struggle. Um, for example, my brother struggles for a long time already. And they're not, they can't tell stories like this openly as I do. 
I just got lucky that my, my mind is kind of wide in a way that I processed it. It's just in a different way. And that's why I want to share these stories as well, because I want people to know as well that, yes, these were three stories that, of course, like gruesome, but these are the only stories you normally get to hear in the news as well. So people are very negative about the whole time being in Afghanistan because all they hear is about like losing like countrymen um, to a situation they, they don't know about. But in fact, for those 20 years that we were there, there's so many more good things that have happened over there. Like actually just the rebuilding mission that we were there for like rebuilt schools and roads, like infrastructure, hospitals, it was happening. And every time I went back, I saw more like kids going to school again. So for that time being, we, we actually made a difference for those people. So for those like armchair warriors and, and freaking couch tigers right now to safely from their laptop to say like, oh, it's, was worthless that we were there like it's never should have happened it's a waste of money nah it's not we made a difference for those people for 20 years that only knew war for that long at least they had that bubble of a bit of freedom that we gave them yeah so uh, yeah just just bring it back to your own your own town your own community just imagine your own community being ruled by uh, by these type of people and telling you how to live how badly you want to be freed from that even though it's for a little bit um, it's for your kids just to have that safe surrounding to um, to play outside, go to school, and, and live a bit of a normal life. Um, yeah, it, that's priceless. Shit, fuck! The world is just so brutal. The world is just can be so brutal. Yeah, you know what I mean. I remember I was in Mexico, and this new like a new gang came to town, a new um um fucking cartel. Yeah. And they took over the drug trade. And so they were saying, like, we're selling drugs here, just us. Remember, there was, um, what they did, there was a guy dealing drugs. It wasn't with their cartel. So to send a message out, they just got the guy, cut his head off and put it in an esky on the oh. beach under the lifeguard tower. So, like, <laughs> it yeah, is and the lifeguard tower down the beach, this, just this dude's head. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? It yeah. is nuts. Well, like... But, but but the thing with that is as in like yes there is there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things happening in the world and we should definitely not hide from it like we shouldn't look away from it not stick our head in the sense pretend it's not there there's there's a lot of bad things happening but to put it in perspective like for example like uh yes taliban al-qaeda that kind of stuff like there's a lot of, of shit happening but that's only like this big against like all the good people that are out there you know what i mean like i want we're only getting fed all this negative news constantly, every single day. Like the media thrives on just showing the negative bits, but, and that kind of creates like this type of hate towards, for this example, Muslims. Like Muslims have been copying it for so long now that they're like this, this really like nasty religion. Well, where like um, Islam is actually like a, a beautiful religion. Like they're yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, all my mates in Indonesia are so beautiful. Yeah. But it's, it's that one, let's say, like that 1% of extreme right, like Muslim, that have their own version of the Quran, like the Sharia law, uh, that just ruins it for like a billion people. Mm. Because everyone now looks at it that way, like, oh, they're the ones just slaughtering everyone off, like putting bombs in the road and, uh, you know, like sending kids with suicide fests to, towards Westerners because they don't have like a single like heart inside. But that's just... As, as bad as it is but that's just one percent of like a whole 
like religion. Mm. Like they are not Islam. They are like a far right, like little section of it. And you have it in, in, in everything. You have these far right things in, in everything, but it doesn't mean that all these people are bad. It just means that there are people like bad people out there, but they're yeah. like, yeah. They're just twisted. So what, when you, when you left the army, yeah. what, what made you, what made you decide to do a barefoot walk to Everest base camp? <laughs> um, like, well, actually like a combination of, of everything I just mentioned before, like the realization of, uh, like when you travel, you get to see like how lucky you are to be born and raised in a country like Australia and, and the Netherlands. Like you, you get to see like there's people like there's so many people like that are way less fortunate, like traveling through Asia, Africa, um, yeah, people that are way less fortunate. So I always had this sense of feeling like, hey, whenever I get the chance, I want to I want to do something back. I want to I'm, I'm in a position that I can. So I want to do something back for people that are less fortunate. Um, come in out of my own mental health struggles which i had when i came to australia for like a few years um i wanted to like feel that physical and mental challenge again of pushing my own boundaries which i always had done in the army just to feel that power inside mm -hmm. like hey i can do whatever i set my mind on like um and like coming out of coming out of that mental health um yeah chapter of my life um I knew traveling is the one thing in my life that always just sets you straight as in it's the most beautiful thing you can do it's the biggest lesson at always you always learn something from it so I, I just wanted to travel again um, go somewhere that I could be mentally physically challenged and use that momentum to raise some awareness and funds it's like sweet I've, I've always wanted to go to Nepal always wanted to see the Himalayas and like the highest mountain in the world like who, who doesn't uh, so I decided for myself, like, hey, I'm going to do base camp on Everest. Like, it's it's a bit of a mental and physical challenge. Um, and I want to use that momentum to raise awareness and funds for the people living in Himalayas, like in re remote communities, because, um, yeah, they're definitely less fortunate, especially after that earthquake they had. They need some, they definitely needed a lot of attention. Um, so I had everything in one go. I got my I got my trip. I got to go travel again. I got my mental physical challenge and I got to do something back. But then I was kind of thinking like, hey, like if you want to raise awareness and funds for for something, you're going to have to come up with a story that people like to follow because uh, to be fair enough, like, yes, base game on Everest is challenging, but people do it, you know, like it's not that special. So what what can I do to to make it just that like a bit more niche, like a bit more challenging, mm -hmm. a bit more that people want to follow the story and donate money? And I was walking heaps and heaps just to deal with my, my mental health. And I started to do it at barefoot at some point as well, without even thinking about it. And then, it's just because it's, it's grounding. I yeah. Do, I do it just because it's grounding. Exactly. Like you just feel mm. better just because of it. When you walk barefoot through the sand or the dirt or somewhere else, like you just feel that slightly bit better of it already. So mm. I just started to do it more and more. And you know, one day I was just walking from, from Queenslip to shelly beach my uh my usual little little stretch of walk doing it barefoot and i was like oh i'm pretty sure that no one's ever done base camp on everest barefoot before because why would you it's freaking stupid like it's it's gonna be like it's gonna be challenging you know like it's it's gonna be tough and that, that was my light bulb moment it's like there you go that's gonna be my thing i'm gonna do it. I, I want to be the first person ever to do the base camp on everest track barefoot um and so i did so i just yeah did decided you think, to go did you there. think it was possible impossible or possible 
Like, what about your feet getting cold? Well, I, I, I did think it was possible. I just kind of looked into it. Like, I, I, could look, I looked into, like, what time would be best to do it, like, temperature-wise and that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I just checked, okay, I'm going to wait till the end of the season because temperatures are slowly going up. The top will still be cold because it's just always cold there, but at least the lower regions will will be, like, um, not too bad to, to walk. Um, and other than that, I'm not going to look into any of it. I don't want to know what can happen. I don't want to... I don't want to set up any expectations for myself. I just wanted everything to be as raw as possible. I didn't train anything else. Like I wasn't going to like walk on rocks or anything like that. I just wanted to fly there and to see what happened. Um, I didn't didn't really feel like sharing a lot on social media as well, for example. Like mm-hmm. I know now like I should have because like just generates that much more attention for it and you can reach more people. But I was, it was kind of like uh, for me as well. As another one, just checking out what it's, what that's all about. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I just I just flew there, and like the second I landed, I got this like um, uh, stopover in China, in like some far east little airport where no one like spoke any English. I had to like just point at the menu to say like yeah, just give me that. Like I don't know how else yeah. to say it to you, and I was like frothing. I was so happy again just to be like in that in that zone and. And coming to Kathmandu, like it was just amazing. And then, yeah, the whole trip started. So, flying into flying into Lukla Airport, which, as they say, is like the most mm-hmm. dangerous airport in the world. That was kind of exciting already. And yeah, just started the journey, and um, it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was definitely challenging. Let me put that up front. Like, same thing as here. Like in the beginning, it was it was quite good because it's a little bit mushy. Like it's like lower region. Like it's a bit more muddy. There's a lot of donkey and yacht like pool that you step in. Like it's kind of mushy on your feet. It's yeah, quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just don't give a shit, yeah, you know. Like just walk, yeah. walk through it. Um, but then, like, yeah, the higher you get, of course, like that vegetation like starts to disappear and just starts to become like bare rock. It starts to become cold, and yeah, that was definitely challenging. And um, especially th- cold feet on like sharp rock. Oh, it's the worst. Like no, like waking up at 6 a.m. as well like knowing you're gonna have to go outside into the cold and just walking on those bare rocks again from second one you step outside it was it was definitely challenging but, but again like that whole discipline and that mindset from the army kicked in is like yeah you can you can just do it like yeah. again like not for one second i thought about not doing it as in like i'm not going to start this story and not finish it and i wanted to show people already in that moment as well like for me there was another on like a way of, of showing other people you can do the same like you have this power inside of you as well so for me walking barefoot to base camp on Everest was for other people to see as well like hey it's i'm not special i'm just your like everyday bloke yeah if you set your mind straight you can do this kind of stuff as well um well what was the feeling like when you made it Man, uh, I cried and laughed at the same time. I didn't know what to do. It was really cool because um, the people I was with, like you fly to Lukla Airport in this really small airplane. Like there's only one type of airplane that can land on that airstrip. So you, like the people that you're with on the airplane, you kind of connect with straight away. And we actually had to land in between because if there's a little bit of clouds like hanging around the mountain, they can't land. Yeah. And just mid-air, they decided they had to land like some random tiny little like mountain town 
we had no clue that we were landing somewhere else and all of a sudden we were in this like town with only like one type of hotel that had no power for most of the time and we were just playing like uh like card games with each other kind of getting to know each other and it was like a cool yeah a cool start of the trip already like some people would freak out like oh god damn it like i like a day less on on, yeah. on the mountain we were kind of like hey that's no, it's kind of cool to be here um so like we connected with uh with each other and they kind of like we kind of stayed with each other like everyone was walking their own pace they had like their uh sure pass as well and they had guides i didn't want to have a guide a ship i just wanted to do everything by myself so like i kept my own pace but then yeah we just walked together quite a fair bit of the time as well and then on that last day like of course everyone everyone was kind of struggling like you only have 50 percent of oxygen left so everyone is just struggling with that like you start to get the headaches and, and stuff like that it's just tough and i was just swearing out loud with every step i took because my feet were just so sore from stepping on these little pieces of lego constantly um so i was i was going slow i was going so slow and they were ahead of me and, and they got to they got there first and i i just kind of lost sight of it like i was so focused on just one getting one step in front of the other and then people were like we're coming back and it's like oh you only have like this much left you only have to you're almost there man like come on you can do it and when i when i saw base camp like this is massive rock saying like your yeah, base camp on everest and the altitude um i saw those i saw that group of people just standing there waiting for me like it was so like such a beautiful thing because i knew they are exhausted as well they just went through this whole walk themselves but still they took the time to to wait there for me which you only met like a week ago um and yeah they just kind of applauded me in and I just made like a little moment. I just stumbled towards the rock and just touched the rock. And as cliche as it may sound, but as soon as I touched the rock, I just bursted out in tears. Like all these emotions of like the mental health struggles that I had leading up to this. Yeah. Of processing with everything and going through that whole ordeal of setting this mission to, to raise awareness, to raise funds and, and just setting out this mission for myself to feel that power again. Mm. Like, hey, I could do so. I yeah. I just burst it out in tears. Just to be able to do something incredible. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Hey, like it's like you know you find yourself. Like I've got to say, like you know, with you know when I was with with Lexi for seven years, and and the first five years I was with it. You know, like when I met her, I was living in Indonesia and like traveling and everything. Then I suddenly you know like started over time. You know, we have a relationship. We have a life together. And then the last two years, I just lost who I was. Yeah. And by the time when I broke up with her, I just had no idea who I was anymore. Yeah. I had no idea my strengths, my limits. I was just looking about it. I was like, fuck, a few years ago, I could do anything. I could be anything. I had fucking all this. And now I just don't, I don't even know who I am or what I am. I've invested everything into to helping this other person um, just like the last couple of years that I just fucking had no idea. And like my, my story was like, for one, I was like, okay, now, now, you know, like you've been in a relationship for ages, so you just want to go find yourself and stuff. But I was like, I needed to go find my strength. Yeah, I needed to go find what I was capable of, just as me as a man. Yeah, and like, and people like say like, oh, why, where did that stuff in Iceland come from, or where did that, where that stuff in islands come from, or where did like do it going across the mountains in Iceland, or 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 just even surfing and pushing yourself through those limits. It was literally when I go go down to the pilgrimage of it. 
It was literally me just finding out myself and finding out my limits and what I'm capable of and who I actually am. Yeah. Because I hit this point in my life where I suddenly had no idea and I needed to go find it. Yeah. So I can relate to that so much and you got to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything that you'd struggled through and then you pulled off something incredible. You're like, holy fuck, you're learning out who you are. Yeah, exactly. You're learning what you're capable of, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's and it's, and it's it's like, it's such a powering moment, like just to feel that, well, that strength again and that you pretty much just standing on top of the world and then that power that comes out of it that you know you can do whatever you set your mind on. You know that after mm-hmm. what you did, what you did, like you just went out on all these like all their ventures as well. You felt that power again, like, hey, this is me. This is what I can do. Mm. Um, and I went out there and and, you, and when you're out there, and I, I don't know about you on this walk or even this one now, it's like, thing is when you strip yourself of everything, you're out there doing something incredible. You go past your comfort zone. You push yourself past your comfort zone where you're, where you're, you're out of the body, you're in the mind, like you're doing this walk right now, you're in the mind, you're saying the mind pushes you. But when you're in that space, for me, you know, all the chatter, everything's gone and you're just left with your mind. Yeah. And that's when you fucking, when I learn about myself, you know what I mean? That's when like a fucking ego has to step aside and I have to go and push through. Exactly. But that's when the emotions come up. Like, man, I fucking like, I still remember like, when I, um, I dealt with shit in the mountains in Iceland that I didn't even know that I had. Yeah. I thought that I was like fucking fine and blah, blah. And when, when I fucked up in the mountains and thought I'd just killed myself and I laid down there to, to die at this one, at this one moment and started facing death and, I, death and I sat there and bawled my fucking eyes out. All this shit had come up, like all these emotions come up, all this memories and stuff that I'd been high and I just fucking, I dealt with them there and then. Yeah. And it was like, and, and, and then, after dealing with and confronting those emotions gave me this other like little bit of strength yeah which ended up like pushing me to to get through what i needed to do but it was just so fucking powerful it is you know what i mean and even like this like little spout that i've just gone through now of like you know learning the the next part about myself and like you know suddenly like you know falling off the horse for just the last month and like learning a bit more about myself it's just like i've had to remind myself what i've been capable of yeah you know, because I felt like, you know, I started losing myself again. I lost my power. And I, like, that's something that I've been reminding myself to get, that kept my head above water was like, fuck, like, I know I can be incredible. Yeah. I know I can do incredible things, you know? It's just getting out of that comfort zone again, like, and mm. like you said as well, like, it's, it's when you get into that, in that fear and that state of exhaustion as well, of just like pushing yourself. And, and like you said, like getting out of the comfort zone is like a massive push mm. already when those like all those extreme like feelings come up and that's when all the things like you said as well like all the things come up that you didn't even know that were there as in like yeah you suddenly gave space for you to like okay you on this walk you're walking for fucking six months just you pushing this cart by yourself right okay so you're not distracted by the everyday today stuff the mundane stuff that you normally do right you're suddenly just sitting with your thoughts and walking and it's like what you're doing is you're creating a space to actually allow those things to come up and process them. Exactly. Because we fucking distract our sh- ourselves, you know? And yeah. it's like, that's what I find, like we said in that other, uh, other chat, it's like being the victim. It's not being the victim, but actually sitting and feeling the emotions. When something happens, actually fucking, instead of just going out and getting drunk for the weekend, it's like, that's what I used to do, how I used to deal with shit. Yeah. I used to go, no, nah, fuck this. I'm on a plane. I'm going. I'm fucking going to have fun. And yeah. boom, right? Yeah. It's like, now that doesn't work for me anymore. Now when shit happens, you know, I need to sit with it, feel it. Not be the victim, but feel the emotion. Yeah. Feel what it does to me and look at it 
and be able to, so I can fucking actually move through it, so I can learn from it, so it doesn't happen again, so I can fucking learn about myself, why does this feel, why is this making me feel pain, why is this not, why do I not feel right here, you know, so it doesn't happen again, so I can grow from it, and then, once I get myself back, or start getting myself back, then I give myself the reward of going and fucking on a, on yeah. a trip, or doing something where I can be me, but I've noticed the worst thing I can do for myself, is when shit happens, is fucking jump on a plane, and just fucking go have a bender, yeah. you know what I mean, that's it, fuck, I'm going with my mates, let's have heaps, heaps of fun, let's just get drunk, and I fr- my friends do it, you know, yeah. I have people that in my life that fucking, they solve every problem with fucking alcohol. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? They, they don't solve any problems with the alcohol. They suppress every fucking problem with a fucking party. It's like, yeah. oh fuck, this person just happened. I mean, this just happened to me or this person just left, left me. Let's fucking, here's a couple of bags of cocaine and fucking a whole heap of alcohol. Let's be drunk for the next four days. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah. oh yeah, sweet. And it doesn't, doesn't <laughs> like, help anything because it's still going to catch up with you at some it, point. It catches up because yeah. all you've done is suppress it. And, and one day, one day, you're going to have to fucking look at yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and that day is fucking hard. Yeah. You know? Especially when, like, it's just usually Murphy's Law, you know? That's when everything at once comes on your plate. Mm. And that's when, like, if you're not prepared for that, like, if you don't have taught yourself the right tools to deal with those moments, that's when what we talked about like in the other conversation is oh you get into this very dark mindset of yeah like those those stories become your truth yeah and you get into this really dark dark space so it's so important what you said as well like whenever you go through a like hardship to face yourself yeah. and just to sit there with yourself and deal with yeah. it at that moment as hard as it is and just just learning what you need like right now right now i'm on my way to work in a power station right yeah. which I used to always do. And I stopped doing them because they're no good for me. They're no good for my health. They're no good for my mental health. They're no good for my fucking, just for my well-being. Because it's like, I'm not grounded when I do it. I don't get to be myself. I have to pretend to be someone else. This is the one job that I kept. And that's because I get to ground myself on the Keppel Islands every weekend. And at the end, I go to nature. Yeah. But one thing that I learn about myself, if I ever do something like this, you know, like, yeah, I have to make those sacrifices to get the reward. And the reward is financial security, right? Yeah. The reward is like putting myself in a financial space and I need to do that because I'm building my house still. It's just like, there's other things that I can do, yes, but this is the easiest thing that I have the most efficient way right now, right? But I am fucking aware that when I do this, it is no good for my mental health and I learned this fucking years, years ago. Okay, three things I learned. Every morning I get up and fucking train. I go to the gym because if I got my endorphins running, if I'm fucking ticking boxes, what I used to do is just fucking do these jobs, stay up all night, drink beer and fucking try and have my my time, right? Yeah. And then I'm tired the next day. I fucking have had put bad food in my body. I've like fucking put alcohol in my body. And it just by the end of the job, I'm so lost from who I fucking am. And it takes me so long to get myself back. Yeah. Now what I found what I need to do, right, is have a healthy diet train every morning so my fucking endorphins are going nuts right so i've got the sense of accomplishment and achievement right yeah. so okay diet boom straight for your for your health exercising boom you know sense of achievement right yep and then now and as soon as i freaking finish right as soon as i freaking finish this job i go straight to the fucking keppel islands and be by myself and fucking live on an island and ground yeah. myself in nature you know the last time i did a job that wasn't this one that i couldn't do was out back at king Arroy. And I could go to Noosa every Sunday and I just wasn't, it wasn't enough to reboot myself. I ended up having in the middle of the job, it was um, seven or eight weeks I worked on it. 
in the middle of the job. I, cu- I couldn't take it. I needed to ground myself. I fucking went MIA. Yeah. I took off down to Byron on, on the weekend, took two extra days off work, didn't tell work wh- where I was, went and camped um, down at Seven Mile Beach, like down the back. Um, then I went and camped up on Cunyon Range. I just had to fucking go and escape to the, to the forest, yeah. you know, because I was out of balance. And it's just like now, it's like it's just so aware. It's like, okay, what do I need? Yeah. But I'm going to do this. And it's like, sweet. And now I'm fine doing I love doing this job. I'm so excited to do this. You know, cause, and it's the one job that I will do. And, and the only reason why is because it's the one job I can do and stay in balance. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I know it's like, as soon as I'm done, I've got to go to the islands. Whether it's not the islands, it's nature. It's something I have to go and be grounded. Because yeah. that's what I need, you know? Yeah. And, but it's just the thing is, I'm fucking 34 years old. I'm 35 years old this year. It's taken me that long to learn that, you know? I need good sleep when I do this shit, you know? I make sure yeah. I go to bed early. And it's like actually just loving myself enough. That's That was the thing. It was like learning learning to love myself, learning to give myself what I needed, Yeah. you know, for this, you know, and it's just one part of my life where I've learned that I'm still learning in other, other parts of my life. Like I just had, you know, talk, I just had this spout where I, I found a part of my life where I don't love myself and I fucking make ultra bad decisions that aren't good for myself. Right. Yeah. But now I'm like taking a step back and trying to look at that. It's like, okay, now I need to learn this, you know, so you can learn in every part of your life. So you avoid those ment- that mental health. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just giving yourself what you need, loving yourself, respecting yourself enough, you know? And it shows as well that it doesn't matter, like, how long it takes you to get to that point. Like, it's just a learning process and you're probably going to make those mistakes, like, whatever mistakes there are. Like, you're going to make them a few times, but it's just, like, getting the learning out of it. And now you know next time what better to do. And that's just with everything in life, you know? Like, yeah. And it doesn't matter if... if that happens that when you're 20 already or when you're like 66 like the point is you'll get there like those yeah. lessons will keep coming back for you just to learn and yeah. like you will get better at it and better at it and better at it so don't be too hard on yourself as well when the, when it happens again and you don't have to write mm. answers straight away like it's fine like learn from that moment again and again the next time you know like the one step yeah. like one tool more of, of just responding to it better and yeah. yeah, I'm going to take a stab in the dark here and say, you know, you're doing this barefoot r- walk right now to w- raise awareness for, for mental health, right? Yeah. You're walking the East Coast of Australia, you're doing a barefoot, you know, um, you can donate on what, on the website, which is? TheBarefootDutchman.com. TheBarefootDutchman.com. You can, you can actually do. track your movements and you, and you can, and you can donate, right? Yeah. Yeah. This incredible thing you're doing. But I'm going to ta- go on a, out on a limb here, which I don't think is much of a limb and say that like, you're also doing it for your own mental health. Oh, for you know sure. what I mean? Like that this trip, you know, like comes up, it's like right now, it's like, I'm going to go to the Keppels yeah. after this job for my own mental health. Yeah. Cause that's what I need. I'm going to go and fucking send it. And I'm going to go spend fucking a month on an island, just living off the island for my own fucking sanity. Yeah. You know? Oh, hundred percent. And, and like this, this walk, for example, because on this walk again, like I learned so many things, but now I have this platform as well where people follow it so I can share just like you're doing with your podcast. Now I can share, like right in the moment, the things I learn on this walk for myself as well. So, mm. like other, like other people can like pick bits and pieces for them that might resonate to them. And say so like, hey, I might maybe I'll just try to think this way from now on as well. So it's actually it's really cool. Like, um, I think this is one of the biggest learning lessons again for, for like a long time again. Like just being forced just to be with myself for so long, going through like those physical and mental pains of just getting through your day uh but then again like so many cool lessons as well like i said from all the people i meet along the way as well like mm. i learn a lot from that as well so yeah i think everything when it comes to that everything is like a, a learning lesson yeah. for yourself as well you just have to open yourself up to it and not 
let your ego step in and say like, oh, I don't need it. Like I'm, I'm, mm. I'm super sweet. Nah, like there's always something to, to learn. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. What's super hard in my life because I'm a giver and I'm a people pleaser. It's super hard in my life to be able to receive, and it's something that I'm actually been working on lately. And it's even like, it's it it comes down to everything with the girls that I date to the like everything in my fucking life is literally it's always like I can't receive like when I I pick girls that won't give me anything but I can give them everything yeah you, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. I'm like why do I fucking do this and like when someone comes into my life and I've noticed and they start giving me some I get anxiety I'm yeah. like oh I'm gonna owe them you know like it's like it's this way of like I don't feel I deserve it or something you know it's like no no I can give you because I love you and you're amazing and and I can fucking do shit for you but what you're gonna do stuff for me like no like oh fuck you yeah. know, I'm gonna owe you like shit you know what I mean and yeah. it's just like sitting with that and just being like no like my friends love me like yeah. they want to help me out and do stuff allow that that's you know okay. accept their kindness accept their love accept their generosity you know and that's been fucking that's for some reason it's really hard for me you know oh it is stuff i had, <laughs> I had this morning when you were making me brekkie <laughs> it's like yeah okay what can i do can i like freaking cut something or whatever like yeah, yeah I, I always get that restless feeling as well but it's like you said like other people have that same feeling and they do it out of love for you so just let them yeah yeah it's it's it that's been coming up heaps lately and um, you know, it's funny, like even Wild Earth, Chris, uh, the CEO of Wild Earth, he had a chat to me about it, about letting people just help you, Yeah. you know, cause I just think I can fucking do anything. And that actually, that friend that, um, I think we talked about in the other episode that the, this person just felt my energy the last month out of nowhere. Oh, and yeah. I haven't spoke to her for a year. Just fucking sends me this necklace, her most prized possession to protect me saying like, you need this right now. And she said she had this dream of me just thinking, she said in her dream and the, what came to her was that I was, th me just thinking I'm ultra strong and I can fucking deal with anything. So I'm just dealing with it, you know, but I, I'm just going to take it on. Yeah. And she's like, but she wanted to say like, you're not alone and you and, she, and I have help if I need it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you don't have to take everything on alone. Yeah. And it was like ultra powerful because I was like thinking, I said to her, like when, she, when I called her to, to thank her, I was like, and she told me all this and I was like, holy fuck, like she had this vision, you know, and, and, and did all this, which is ultra fucking out there as well, which is just amazing. But the fact that that is me, you yeah. know what I mean? I've always created everything myself and I just feel I can deal with it. I'll fucking get through it. I'll do it, you know, yeah. and it's so hard. And that's like, we we're talking, talking about like mental health, about speaking out. You know, it's like, I always said, I'd fucking be, I'd be the hardest person to be able to speak out because it's fucking, I just think I can deal with everything. I can yeah. get through it, but everyone else, I'm going to support you and everything. Let's look after you. I'll come last. Yeah. And it's even like how I've been brought up. My mum, when this COVID stuff hit and, um, you know, they were doing the payments and she couldn't, um, work. She, she makes quilts from home for people and stuff and she wasn't getting any income and everything. I was like, mum, the government support is there for, for you to, um, you know to benefit from to help you and she's like no love i'm not starving yet let the people that need it more go first wow. and i was like mom it's not a fucking bread line <laughs> it's not like if you take it someone else is going to miss out yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. like no they need it more yeah. and i'm like mom, but that's how i've been brought up my <laughs> yeah. mom has always brought me up as then like fucking you go last yeah you know and i'm not saying this is a bad thing at all it's a fucking beautiful thing yeah but it's just like in, in anything in life, there's a fucking balance. That's it. And man. because I've always been told that I'll come last, I'll, I can fucking push through anything. 
let some, someone else, you know, put take your jacket off your back, give it to the person that's cold because you can handle the cold. Yeah. Sort of always been told, you know, like yeah. that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Take your food off your plate, give it to someone else because you can fucking handle starving. Yeah. You can get through it. You know, I've always been told that. Yeah. And it's like, that's fucking brilliant and it's fucking beautiful. But the thing is, it plays out too much in my adult life that doesn't serve me. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, it's going to drain you. I think like you can't, you can't keep pouring from an empty cup as well, you know? Well, it's just like, a yeah. fucking, it's just, you know, what I've been learning lately, it's, it's okay to accept people for who they are and give them things, but it's also allow myself to fucking give myself what I need. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's also not just giving it to other people, but also giving it to me. Yeah. That's been the lesson in this. It's like, no, give myself what I need. Yeah. You know, exactly. in relationships, in fucking, in, well, everything's relationship, in yeah. everything, in life, you know? Yeah. Like allow myself to fucking have what I need as well. That's the, and it's just like, fuck man. Okay, so um, this this episode right now has just been fucking brilliant because we've broken down your backstory. But you and yeah. I have recorded another episode, which I'll put out after this, which literally is just us breaking down your mental health, even me opening up with some stories, and I, I find that ultra powerful. It's it's not an adventure tale. It's like it's the backstory of why you're doing. Um, what you're doing this this mental health walk and it's and it's ultra beautiful and I think if um, you have the time after after this one listen to that one too it's, it'll it'll come out a week later but you know it's 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 the backstory of fucking mental health that we all have and one beautiful thing that I found from from that talk which I want to iterate in this it's like when shit does happen in your life and being able to have the strength to speak up that is the fucking courage right 100%. and the thing is it doesn't make you a depressed person it's like you just had a depressed state it's like i was saying like i'm an ultra upbeat ultra happy person but i've had a couple of spouts in my life where i've been depressed they haven't lasted long but i've there's been spouts and in those times i've needed support from my support network and that is not a bad thing you know absolutely not and it, like you said it's it's it is courageous it's not weakness where what we've been told like it's it's courageous it's the most courageous thing you can do and yeah just speak up whenever you mm. need to it and doesn't make you like going through that doesn't make you that person it's just like a phase in your yeah. life that you can come out of with and, it, and if you're help. struggling if you're struggling right now you know reach out to me through the podcast it happens all the time you won't be the first and i've always had time for those people i don't always read my messages but when i do i always have time and i'm sure you're the same you've had people doing it this whole time with 100%. you 100 that's, that's that's why i'm walking is, is for people to to be able to reach out and know that i hold that space for them to to speak up to and, and share their stories with yeah it's amazing and and you know as as the listener you know if you are struggling you know go to your mates you know that they're always going to be there for you and if not you know call the lifeline hotline um there's always someone there that's the fucking thing you're not alone and the thing is whatever you're going through it's just fucking life and this is what i've found with like my shit when i was when i was fucking paddling down the, the river with rio the other day we're paddling and i'm fucking talking about my fucking problems and all this shit and then i just started laughing He's like, one. I was like, do you realize that right now, all this shit that I'm going through is just fucking every other man's done it. Every other person's gone through it at some stage in their life. And we're just two blokes right now sitting here fucking contemplating life. And I'm whinging about something. <laughs> and it's just fucking, it's, you know, it's just normal. You're not, yeah. you're not the first person to fucking, you know, fall off the horse or like, you know. Yeah. But um, listen out for the next episode because we're going to break down some mental health. It's it's ultra beautiful. It's, it's wild. But, but Anton, mate. Thank you for what you're fucking doing. Thank you for like, you know, putting your feet on the line, putting your, your str like struggling just to fucking spread awareness, to pick up your tribe, to fucking, sh you know, to spread love. 
You know, yeah. it's an ultra powerful thing to do. And we're seeing the ripple effect as we're sitting here, a bloke just pulled up and put two Gatorades on the table for you. You know, yeah. what an like, act of kindness. It's just spreading fucking love. It's amazing. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks again for yeah, giving the space as well to share the stories. And hopefully again, it does a trick on the people listening that, um, yeah, that feel that way that they're not alone and there is help. Yeah. So, so Instagram barefoot, that barefoot Dutchman very important Web- <laughs> yeah the website the barefootdutchman.com yeah right um you know he's doing this walk right now you know by the time i put this out you know you're probably in noosa but you're heading so, all yeah. the way down to sydney you know walking if you see him walking along the road pushing his cart you know on the highway give him a beep stop have a chat you know tell him tell him what you went through you know it's like it's all it's all there 100 percent. like share, sharing your stories like create space for someone else to share their stories as well so if you feel feel free to uh, to stop over, have a chat, and yeah, yeah, share the love. Fuck yeah, all right, dude. I have to get out here and drive to Rockhampton. Yeah, fucking start. Working. <laughs> I need to get start walking. As well. <laughs> yeah, I need no. to pack up my tent and all this You've stuff. Been fucking around all day, man. But yeah, let's get out of here, dude. All right, man. Thanks for your time, man. Cheers, dude. I hope you guys like this episode. Now, remember, I've got prizes to give away for whoever shares it for me. Go on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review subscribe, put it on your social media story, tell your mum. Send me a message, send me a screenshot, or I'm just going to see it on Apple Podcasts anyway, or I'm going to see it on social media, and every week I'm going to pick someone and I'm going to send them an O-Penal Knife or a Diaries of the Wild Ones t-shirt. Enjoy, guys, and thanks for listening. I do it like a double.